Wichita Falls. I'm your co-host, Ryan. With my lovely wife, Catherine, by my side, we'll be having discussions on business, family, and anything else we find complicated or intriguing. Whether you're having your coffee in Bernie, Texas, driving to work in Des Moines traffic, or on a jog through the streets of Garfield, Arkansas, join us as we dive deep into the mysteries of modern life. Welcome to the Armadillo Den. Welcome to the Armadillo Den, my friend. I like how you say welcome <laughs> twice. You've done it every episode. <laughs> and I don't plan on stopping. So when <laughs> we, we have let people pre-listen to the to these before we launched. And every I think the first episode, I'm like, welcome. And Ryan's like, ooh, sexy voice. Sexy NPR voice. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be. I just think that that's how I'm setting the mood. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> so today we're talking about uh, essentially creativity and not stopping, um, finding the space to create. And this is coming for, I mean, we're 30, I'm 35, Ryan is 37 years old. Do you mean space geographically or space mentally and t- like time? Yeah. Physically? Yeah. Okay. And so we touched on prior in yesteryear episode about the year seven and why it was so hard. Uh, Ron wasn't playing music. And so I'm going to get there. Today's going to be a little bit different. Catherine is interviewing little Ryan. Really? And we are still going to have a conversation, but he doesn't really know what I'm going to ask. And we're going to talk about uh, Ron Hager and music. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. Fun fact, Ryan is his middle name. Ryan's first name is Anthony, Anthony mm-hmm. Ryan Hager. And when I get mad, I do not call him that. So it's more like, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Which is, sounds exactly like how my grandmother <laughs> says, Ryan. So first, when did you start playing music? I was nine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I wanted to play drums. My dad played drums when he was young, and he's still pretty good. The last, it was probably been five or ten years since he sat down behind a kit, but anyway, I digress. I wanted to play drums. My parents wouldn't buy me drums. They bought me a guitar and signed me up for guitar lessons, and I started taking lessons at Sam Gibbs Music on Jacksboro Highway in Wichita Falls, Texas with Leon Gibbs when I was nine years old. Nine years old. And when were you in your first band, just for the sake of conversation? Um, I was like 16 or 17. Okay. And I don't know if you'd call us a band. Right. I don't know if we met all the check marks that... Well, what are the check marks? Uh, I think if to be in a... To call yourself a band, you have to play a show. Okay. I think. That's one primary. And not just jam in a garage. Not just jam in a garage, no. Okay. Can I ask, did y'all's parents like your music? Uh, They couldn't have. Okay. I don't think anyone liked it. Okay. Starting out. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> 
So my next question, and because I've heard you talk about this with other people, really, you and I haven't really had this conversation. I feel like this might be like a touchy subject, but I'm going to, for the sake of asking it, do you believe people have natural talent when it comes to music? Or if someone was to say, I can't play the guitar because I'm not talented, what would you say to that? This could be a good point to talk about. I'm not going to tell you what to talk about. So (laughs) the first question, I guess, is do you believe people have a natural talent for music? I've met very few people that just don't. I I don't know if I've ever met anyone that doesn't like music. I think it's, it. you know, like music is inside of you. Whether you're inclined to play it or not, I think depends on what your understanding of it is. You know, like you people can hear something and and that and it be pleasant and appeal to them, and that's why they listen to music or mm-hmm. certain music or certain song. <clears throat> but I think to play music, there's something, there's an understanding that you have, like the same thing, the same reason why certain people are good at math or English, or the same thing that you know certain people are run, you know, are natural runners or people are I think there's a certain natural yeah I think what I'm I think ta- I think yeah. you can be talented however I'm, I'm I am not with... that talented at and I had to learn a lot of it and still I play with guys who I'm like man I I try to learn from them but I I realize there's a certain amount of things you just can't learn right well I think what I've seen and again I haven't known you since you were 9 there's a level of commitment. So you referenced runners or artists or musicians. You're a guitar player. Would you say that you have to have a certain level of commitment to be good? Yeah. Yeah, I think with anything else, if you just kind of dabble, you're not going to be it. You know, and I'm not a great guitar player, and I also sing, and I'm not a great singer, but I do it a lot. So I just, I, I've i learned maybe how to trick people. Most people I don't think I trick because I'm not like a pop, <laughs> you know, I'm not like a popular uh, musician. But, but you I, play music and you play in front of people and you get paid. So I think you can call yourself a musician. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Give yourself that credit. Um. So going back a little Ryan started when he was nine. He played music through high school. You didn't go to college. You did go to college for a little bit, not, mm. but not until later. Mm. Um, pretty much played music consistently. At what points in your life have you stopped playing music and why? I actually did stop playing music in high school for a little bit. I think when I was about like a freshman and sophomore, I didn't play as much. I became really frustrated with it. Picked it back up when I was a sophomore. Uh, I. So what happened was, is I picked it back up when I was a at the end of my sophomore year, and I met some guys that were in a real band, and I would that summer. And that may have been the summer of my junior year, but I I met some guys, so I'd gone to some of their rehearsals, and I kind of saw how. Maybe it was supposed to be done. So that kind of relit the fire of, I want to try to play more. So I started playing more, and then I broke multiple fingers on my left hand. 
So I wasn't able to play basketball. How did you break your fingers on one hand? Uh, a friend of mine stepped on my hand. Playing basketball. Yeah. And um, it, was a t- it was an accident. So I was at home, and the finger that healed the fastest was my ring finger on my left hand. So when I was at home, while everyone else was, you know, playing basketball, doing what I wanted to do, I played guitar. I learned to tune my guitar in open tuning, and I was able to play my guitar with my just my ring finger on my left hand. And so, and that's when I, I think I bec- I became a little better. And then when I started playing with people who were better than me, is when I. I think that's essential. Like, to lock yourself away and play music is one thing, and it's it can be fun, but you can't really excel until you put yourself in a situation with people who are better. Better. Um. That's I with think anything. That's with anything. Yeah. I don't know where I heard it a couple years ago. And it was talking about, like, if you're trying to be inspired, and for me, I'm very business-oriented. If you want to be better, you need to be surrounding yourself with people who are better than you yeah. and hold you accountable. And if you find yourself in a situation where maybe you, you might not be, but if you think you're the best in the room, you need to go do something else. If you And not just at one thing. Like, if you're in a room and you're like, I am better than these people at everything, you need to go find a different group of people that challenge you. Mm-hmm. So when else did you stop? Uh, I stopped when I moved to San Antonio. I was still playing a little bit, and I tried to find a band in San Antonio, but that was extremely hard. Uh, San Antonio is a big town, and there are a lot of musicians there, but unlike Wichita Falls, where there are a lot of musicians that I'd grown up with, and it's very... There's a community here. There is. It's a lot different. And without being negative towards San Antonio, I was there for multiple years, and I just couldn't find anyone that I that I could connect with or that we had the same ideas about what music was. And it was a hobby for a lot of people. Even the bands that were doing it on another level, they weren't as uh, committed or serious as I had been in the past, and it just felt like... It just felt like uh, a futile gesture to. So you quit in San Antonio. I quit in San Antonio. Okay. And I for multiple years. When I moved back, I was I feel in. A, like you started playing pretty quickly. After right when we I met. moved, yeah. Right when I moved back, I, uh, I'll give the whole. I'll give my. I won't be able to tell years because I'm terrible with that. But I'll give my history of like what bands I was in win, you know, uh, chronologically without years. Um, when I moved back and I got in a band with some friends that I'd been in a band with before, I joined another band while I was in that band. Those two dissipated, joined a band with, anyway, that kind of evolved into a thing and we became kind of a band for hire of a band that's still active and they're great. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. And then I stopped playing altogether for three or four years. Longer? No, it definitely wasn't that long. It was probably three years. So that's when you moved back. Let's give a time reference here. It was 2008, seven, 2007 or 2008. He started playing bands, back in bands. And then at year seven, so that's 2017, 
is kind of when we had our hardest year marriage-wise. And you, we had finally figured out it was a lot to do with a lack of pursuing something creatively. I mean, I think, especially at this age, you are just, a lot of people go through the motions because that's just what you do. You go to work, tend to your family, tend to your home life. I'm not going to say get married, have kids, because not that is not everybody's path. But it's some form in your life you get into a system. And, and that system can become a rut. If that system does not incorporate things that fuel you on an individual level, separate from your spouse or whoever, it can poison things because you're not... I think you lose a sense of purpose. So now, when you're squ- if you are a talented person, and mo- everyone has got some talent, then you're squ- you're squandering your talent, right? It's it's meant to be planted and spread. And there, I think the reason it, in that point in life, I think you had only quit for a couple of years. That Ryan quit is because work got a little bit more intense. We had flipped a couple different homes, um, and Ryan is the what does Paul call it? The X factor. Ryan is the person who had to do all the labor, all the work. It was extremely stressful. And we did it all after work hours. I'm holding up like air quotes here because it felt like we worked 24-7. Yeah, so, so I would you go get to, off work. I would go to work, and at the time I had my own construction business. We would be on the job for you know at least 10 hours a day. I would come home and work you know another four oh, hours. Renovations. Yeah. On a home, and this was a cycle of a couple years for sure, and there was no time, which looking back, there probably was a little, but there really wasn't much time with young kids. And if I had time, I didn't have the energy to like, play. That, yeah, because construction is creative is a creative process for me too, so I would use all of that, you know, at work mm-hmm. and on our, you know, projects at home, and I would have nothing, I would have nothing left to... That's not sustainable. No. And so... No. Quit playing. We finally kind of got, again, air quotes here, settled into this home. And marriage was hard. And we didn't, like, hate each other. It wasn't hard because we didn't dislike each other. We were, there's just a disconnect. And we were say. struggling to find out why. We right. couldn't figure out why. We were really frustrated that we didn't know why. And I think that I came to realize the one thing that's missing from years of thriving was Ryan wasn't playing music. Ryan wasn't in a band. And I know when we met, you kind of laid out to me, this is how you do it. If you're going to be in a band, we have to practice X amount. And I felt really lost in that because I didn't understand. Right. And that's not for everybody. That's just for me. So, but I will say you quit and we kind of had to sit down and said, I think you need to start playing music again and really discern what, type of music you want to play, where are you fueled, and how does this fit into our lives as a family? I also, at this point, promised myself I would not hold a grudge against practices because to be one thing that's... People who are in a band don't just play shows. (laughs) They practice and rehearse a ton. And write. I mean, and and write. And it's, it's ongoing. And so... I think that it's easy, I say, for me, it's hard. It was hard not to be selfish and say, well, I've worked all day too. 
I, or I've been at home all day with the kids too. I don't want you to go because that affects me selfish. So I've really let, tried my hardest to let that go and say, give Ryan that freedom. And it's not freedom. I'm making myself sound terrible right now. <laughs> but I'm being honest that it was hard. I had to let go of, I guess, control. But it wasn't your fault. I mean, it was my choice too. At any point I could have said, you know, I need to play music. But I didn't see, I didn't see it because all this other stuff I knew had to be done. Like the, you know, making a home for ourselves, all the construction jobs, the, what I was doing at the time for for work, you know, what, I mean, still, I guess, is my career because of the, you know, the real estate and how involved I am with, you know, working on our properties. But I knew that was a vocation of mine to be actively in the construction business. And I just didn't, I didn't, at that time in my life, I didn't know, have a balance of what, mm-hmm. you know, time, effort, and then home, you know, at home, how much more beneficial I am as a human when I'm able, you know, to have my foot in that, you know, so in, I think in that music. Okay, so you stopped playing music for a point in high school. You stopped in San Antonio. You stopped when we were married. Different reasons for each one. Mm-hmm. And coming to the point of instead of just being in a band and now being a man with a wife and kids and a career, you realize, we realize kind of together that music is more than just being in a band or just playing the guitar at home by yourself isn't going to fulfill you. Right. So we work together on how to make a schedule, I guess, and having set. And I would say, I'm going to, when you were practicing at different times, practices were always on a different night. It seemed like if one canceled, one thing that I really appreciate when you got back in a band is that practices on a specific night every week and it's non-negotiable. So yeah, if it doesn't, if it can't happen that night, then it doesn't happen till the next week. Till the next week. And there's a standard though that was set for all the members of the band, mm-hmm. you know, that you're committing. There's just a level of commitment on everyone's part. And that hasn't always been the case. So when you, with any project, if you're working with people who are not as committed as you, that does not end well. <laughs> that right. ends in a lot of frustration. So one Especially question, if each member has a, a uh, equal share. Right. You know. I think I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't plan on asking you, but you've re- referenced it a few times. You've talked about being in a band for hire and being what are the different types of bands because isn't so ryan isn't currently in two bands ryan ryan hager and the cheap labor band and a band called throttle body which is like punk rock not punk it's rock and roll it's rock and roll Mm -hmm. excuse me that was another band i'm probably referencing (laughs) because there's been a lot um and then ryan hager and the cheap labor band is singer songwriter americana Mm -hmm. And are both of those bands set? They're not set up the same. No, it's a different. So explain. It's basically a business. It's a different business plan. 
So, uh, with Throttle Body, which is the rock and roll band, we're eat. There are four of us, and we each are twenty five percent responsible for the entirety of the project. Recording fees. Everything we Merch. split. Yeah, we split everything. Everything you know, and we we've. With Throttle Body right now, we just pretty much dumped everything back into the band. Like when we sell T-shirts, we get more T-shirts. You know, we the pandemic happened when we released our latest album, so we didn't get a chance to, you know, tour or play shows to promote that. But if that if that wouldn't have happened, whatever money we made promoting that album would have gone into paying for that album and getting the next one paid for. Right. Uh, just for reference, it is not cheap to record an album. <laughs> it's not guys. cheap to do anything good. <laughs> um, and okay. then also, so Ryan Hager and the Cheap Labor Band. Basically, there's Ryan Hager music, which is the songs that I've written that aren't rock and roll, right? They're more, uh, it's more emotional. It's more uh, tender, I guess, and it's not. There's not much metaphor in those songs. It's more stories and, you know, emotion. Some There are some metaphorical songs, but they're more emotional, and it's kind of an open nerve situation. They just don't fit with... So I started Throttle Body before I started doing the Ryan Hager project, and I had written all this material, and I realized some of this stuff just doesn't fit. And um, when I started writing, I didn't know how much I would write, but I write often almost every day, and I have a lot of material, so I couldn't just let it sit, because a lot of it I thought was pretty good, whether it is or not, it's not for me to decide, but I thought it was good. And so basically, I approached the musicians that I thought would be the absolute best to play in this project, and the ones that agreed to do, they all agreed to do it, and then we... And a couple were long shots. I mean, yeah, I didn't think there were a couple. Yeah, I'll tell that. I'll 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 get to that. Um, but the way that works is, uh, that's basically, I'm the president, and these guys are employees of the, you know, of the cheap labor band. So I pay them by the project. I'll play them by pay them by the show, pay them by the recording session, uh, you know, and w- that's a relatively new band, so the pandemic happened and we haven't really got to exercise what that would look like at full scale. Just for perspective, for the sake of listening, you say because pandemic happened, we didn't get to play. How many shows between the two bands were canceled in March? Like that you got canceled. And I had from March to August, only from March to August booked. Right. I hadn't really booked anything later than that. And there were 13 shows in that period of time. Right. And it was just starting to get steam behind both. We know that this is the same story for many people, but just to offer our listeners a perspective. Yeah, to put a number on it. There were 13 shows from March to end of July or August that I had to, that just completely got scratched. So that's the difference between bands. It's either equal parts. I like how you explained it like... So if you are someone interested in starting a band... And another aspect of that is with Throttle Body. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Go ahead. Ryan always preps me, don't interrupt, and he is good at interrupting. Yeah, I'm terrible at it. Um, about it. 
just if you're listening, I did not know this. Like, I did not know this existed, the different types of bands. But I think it's really smart to know going into it kind of what you're getting into and just financially how to split up because there's just a lot of fees and costs that go into a band. So Ryan carries them and Ryan Hanger in the Cheap Labor Band and then in Throttle Body, it's split between the band members, which I think is good information for people to know. Which kind of leads me into my next question for you. As you are in it now, what do you think it takes to pursue being a musician professionally? Well, there are people better than me so to answer that. So practically speaking, what have you currently invested to pursue music as a career? Time, a lot of time. And not necessarily knowing what you're good at, but knowing what you're not good at is far more important. Knowing your place in the, in the scope of the music industry. Are you a good... Knowing if you're a good songwriter, then lean into that. If you're not a particularly good songwriter, then find a band to attribute to. You know, it depends on your instrument and what, you know, what your, what your goal is. Right. But I think I think it's it's a lot of time. And it's not, things aren't the way they used to be. And there are a lot of like you always hear this story of like, oh, I had these songs. I went and played them for a record exec record executive and. Right on the spot, you know, I, was, I knew I was, they were like, we're going to make you famous. That does not happen anymore. <laughs> and it happened very rare. The stories you hear about are one-offs, but you hear about a lot of them because those are most interesting stories to tell. Right. Now, it's pretty much you record music, you put it out on your streaming platforms, you play a whole bunch of shows to try to get, a, try to get people to listen, you know, mm-hmm. to listen. Because there's a way that a live show, and when we talked about in the yes, yesteryear episode, like we love live music, and there is something communal about playing a show for not only the band and how, because how you rehearse and how y'all play shows is different. Oh, I would it's different. Guess. It's so boring. The rehearsal, right? It's pretty much rehearsal when we're not writing is basically an exercise in muscle memory. Just right. so when you get up there and you're feeling all these feelings you're not going to make a mistake because when you your brain is not processing the information the same because you're in the room with people who are reciprocating an emotion and it does something to you chemically that you cannot recreate however if you've learned these songs that you're playing that you've written and you play them hundreds of times before it's time to go and you know pull the trigger on stage and your heart rate's going crazy you're you know, your endorphins and your, you know, neurons are just firing on all cylinders, then hopefully you don't make mistakes. Mistakes, Right. And I think, yeah, I can't even fathom because being on stage <laughs> kind of terrifies me. Uh, so I think that's where I'm just sad right now because... COVID didn't go away at the start of 2021. We are still in it. Shows aren't getting booked. And I'm worried that people are going to realize they... Do they realize they don't need live music? Like, I, I hope I that it comes back. I think it's just back, the opposite. That they'll need it more? Yeah. 
Right. There's only so much entertainment a streaming platform can give you. It's... I, I think that the people that didn't really need it and only went out for a social purpose, those people may stay at home and lean hard into whatever they do at home. But the people that need it, I think, will be more... Excited. Yeah, and just ferocious about going to see live music. And I don't know what the... I don't know we what the dynamic there will be or what. Yeah, well, yeah. obviously not. don't know when, but. So we're going to start wrapping up, but here's a question for you, and I feel like you're going to roll your eyes at me and y'all are not going to be able to see it because you can't see us. <laughs> what are your top three bands or musicians and why are they at the top of your list? I don't subscribe to the favorite I know, musician thing. You on. know this. I know. I knew you would say this. It's not about who's your favorite, but who do you feel influenced by? So I should I can rephrase it. Ryan, you listen to so much different music. I know, and that's why Don't I'm I'm influenced band. by everything I listen to, whether I know it or not. Okay. Will you give me the top three that you found that you've liked in the last ten years? Yeah. I, you wouldn't even pick your most influential band ever? No. <sighs> okay. Because it's different at different Okay. Times. So pick a time. I can't do that because <laughs> I don't even I don't even know I don't I don't know what the. You're not going to name a single band Mm-mm. right now. Let's say there's a band that you feel is super underappreciated. Would you like to share with our listeners a couple of bands? So take this as we want our listeners. We I don't want you to, but if you guys feel open to listening to something new. What bands would you put out there that you would want people to know about? And let me preface this. I always ask Ryan, I do not search the charts for new music. I listen to the same thing all the time. But when I'm tired of what's on my playlist, I say, Ryan, give me a band I should listen to. Sometimes they're terrible. Sometimes I'm into it. For the sake of this, I think it's healthy for people to listen to new stuff. What are some bands you would recommend? I think me. that I'm underrated. <laughs> Guys, go listen to Ryan Hager on <laughs> Spotify and Apple. I'll plug him. Throttle body. Yeah. So while he's looking real quick, because he is going to, we are concluding with him giving us something. Um, we haven't really mentioned that these episodes are, I don't want to say sponsored, but we were able to produce this podcast because of Ryan, Ryan Hager's Fancy equipment that you guys can't see, but I will show on uh, Instagram sometime. And Ramble and Company, because we were able to use time out of our day to record these episodes. So, Ramble and Company, Ryan Hager, Texas. All right, so I'm going to do this, I guess. Um, And it's all going to be kind of the same stuff. I'll do three for, I'll do three for each. I'll do three, like... Rock and roll. Rock and roll, and then like Americana type stuff that okay. I really like. So, I really love Otis Gibbs, and all of his music is great. But he also does a podcast called "Thanks for Giving a Damn," and it is phenomenal. Like he touches on music history, some of his own experiences, but also on YouTube, he's a great uh, character. He's just he's really good. Um, Otis Gibbs is his name. Also, 
I really like Joe Pug. His music is good. He's kind of a post uh, Bob Dylan singer songwriter, and some of his stuff just really strikes a chord and hits a nerve with me. He also has a podcast called The Working Songwriter. That's phenomenal. That's funny that both of these guys. Anyway, and uh, if you haven't listened to the Milk Carton Kids, you're doing yourself a disservice because they are phenomenal guitar players and they sing harmonies. I don't think they really care to be compared to Simon and Garfunkel, but that is kind of similar to what they do as far as their harmonies and their dynamics of playing and singing together. They're really great. Um, And then rock and roll, there's a band called The Bronx that's kind of more punk rock. And then uh, there's a band, a Swedish band called The Helicopters, and it's spelled H-E-L-L-A-C-O-P-T-E-R-S. And their whole catalog is great, and it's more like old school rock and roll. You could probably put it on and not really know whether it came out in the 70s or now. There's some young kids out of some Midwestern state that I cannot, I don't know exactly where they're from, but... uh the band is called White Reaper, and it is good time rock and roll also. Fabulous. Thank you for entertaining this, Ryan. Mm. I really appreciate it. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> I want to let you guys know one more thing to listen to that Ryan hasn't talked about today. He has started recording people. We have all the equipment to record. Does your recording have a name? My recording studio? Yeah. Yeah. I call it the Dusty Dillo. Okay. Yeah. So the Dusty Dillo uh, recording studio is inside of our 10th Street screen printing shop. Um, Ryan got two rooms. I don't, I've mentioned it. I don't have an office there, but Ryan did get a recording room and a jam pad, which I'm so thrilled about. So if you want to, I want to give a shout out to a good friend, Zach Howell, um, H-O-W-E-L-L. Mm-hmm. Went to school with Zach Love him and his wife, Jamie, dearly. And Ryan recorded two songs of his. So far. The only two songs. Yeah, two songs that have come out. Zach Zach is a great songwriter. His songs almost make you... There's so much emotion in them. I love them. Zach Howell is on Apple and Spotify. He's everywhere. Yeah, Zach's on everything. If you need to get something recorded, let Ryan know. He has all the stuff. Um, So I just wanted to give a shout out to that because we hadn't talked about it. And I think it's relevant to the conversation. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to quickly <laughs> go through from early years to now bands you've been in. Because you've said band over a hundred times in this podcast episode. But didn't name. Didn't name because you said I would get to that and this is where we're going to finish that thought. Okay. And go. Okay. Uh, from the beginning. I think the, fr- so the first band I was in is called x and it was, it doesn't matter how it's spelled. Uh, X dies, and it was really bad metalish type. We'll call it metallic, but it was poor attempt. Uh, the second band I was in was actually a real band, uh, and it was a group of older guys. The dr- uh, they're not that much older than at the time. They seemed a lot older. <laughs> now I realize we're just kind of the same. It's kind of the same. You start closing that gap. The eight, the years are the same, but you're you know. Uh, anyway, and that band was called Headthorn, and we were primarily a, a top 40 rock, modern rock cover band. 
And that band was the band I learned how to be in a band. They were we practiced two or three nights a week. They were so good, and I really learned a lot. And I'm still in a band with that drummer. That drummer from uh, Headthorn, Mike Hardison, is the drummer of Throttle Bodies. I was about to say we got to give Mike a shout yeah, out. He's... He owns a business also in Wichita Falls. Mm-hmm. No place like home. Yeah, yeah, it's a home health. Yeah, fabulous person. Right. Uh, so next, yeah, the next band I was in, uh, was called Shellick. Also not that great. The next band I was in. I like you telling what type of music it what was. Type, so Shellick was also kind of metal. Okay. It Y'all was like, catching a theme here. probably like new metal. <laughs> I don't know what, it's very indicative of the time. Uh, I was in Headthorn and Shellick at the same time. I got out of Headthorn. Shellick disbanded. The singer from Shellick and I, his name is Jesse Witt, uh, he started a band called Tencent Pistol, asked me to be in that band. That was a lot of fun. Also, hard, that was like hardcore metal. Um, Toward? We did, we did a bunch of shows. That, out of that band is when I moved to San Antonio. I wasn't in a band for a long time. Dempsey, I don't remember the time on this, but we did a Ten Cent Pistol reunion show at that time, and I'm not sure if that came before or after Dempsey. During. During, yeah, mm-hmm. so I was asked to play with them, which they had already got another guitar player uh, to replace me, and he was like a replacement or a replacement, I guess. So we did that kind of as a three-guitar thing. We what did- was Dempsey, though? Dempsey was... Modern rock, but it it was that's that's a hard. It was like a indie rock, probably, okay. and uh, also in Dempsey. Golly, this is like a weird family tree thing too. Uh, in Dempsey, the bass player Aaron Epp is the bass player in Throttle Body. The drummer was Mike Hardison from Headthorn, and who is currently in Throttle Body. And James Cook is who was the he was the singer and played guitar. In that band also, so he and I both played guitar, and I said that was the first band I ever sang in was Dempsey. I sang some uh, so background James Cook vocals. Is a local DJ um, and a great musician. He's also James has a bunch of stuff on all the streaming platforms. He's phenomenal. He's but he is the voice of ninety four point nine. Ninety four point nine. All right, so Dempsey. Dempsey, and then we did the Ten Cent Pistol reunion. From the Ten Cent Pistol reunion, those guys. Uh, the singer and the drummer and the bass player, uh, Jesse, Taylor, Jason, were all interested in starting another project. If it wasn't Ten Cent Pistol, we called it Enthusiast because Lee, the other guitar, the original guitar player in Ten Cent Pistol, could not be a part of that project. So we started another metal band, which was probably the best metal band I've been in, called Enthusiast, and we played a lot of shows. That I mean, mm-hmm. we played a lot of shows with that. Okay, so band enthusiast, as well. enthusiast. From enthusiast, that rhythm section and me. So Jason Cooper, Taylor Labrum. Uh, Jason was a bass player. Taylor Labrum was a drummer. I was playing guitar. A friend of mine, Eric Johannan, asked if we would be his backing band for a band called Radio Republic. So we started this. Uh, traditional, Which was a four-hire band. Four-hire band. We were Eric's band. Right. And Radio Republic is still a band. 
but it's just got different members. members. So Radio Republic happened. That's when I stopped playing for a few years. When I started playing again, I started another metal band, just as fun. We didn't play that many shows, called Mouth Breather, and it was a lot of fun with Aaron Epp and Kevin Peters. Started Throttle Body with Mike Hardison, Jeff Catlin, Aaron Epp. That's a current contemporary project. And Ryan Hager and the Cheap Labor Band on all the streaming platforms. It's just Ryan Hager. That is it. That's way longer than it should have been. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'll probably cut a lot of that out. No, I think um, there was definitely a trend if enthusiasts, mouth breather. When Ryan has come to me for band names, can y'all imagine the eye rolls I get with like, who wants to listen to mouth breather? (laughs) So we just, I would say pretty quickly in the last few years, don't ask this old gal for input because (laughs) I'll be honest. And he does not always like Catherine's honesty. Right. And I'm just not your person. So that's, if you're asking for input genuinely to get, Ask someone who cares. I mean, I don't not care about Ryan's stuff, but there is a level of understanding. It's like when I ask you about like Ramble, Ramble box shirts, and I'm like getting real touchy feely with the design. He's like spaced out, cannot give me input. Same thing for his music stuff. So there you have it, Ryan Hager. I'm super proud to be your wife and be with you today. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> and yeah, if you want something new to listen to, we've given you, we slash Ryan has given you a ton of options. Hope you enjoyed this. We can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then. Adios. You can find us on Instagram at Ryan Hager TX, at Ramble and Company, and at Catherine.Hager. I'm going to leave you guys today with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless.